following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to New Dimensions with your host, Rev. Nicholas Barrett. Our identities are not labels identifying who we are to others. Rather, they are found in God's riches, His likeness and character. We can discover our true selves and live the way He has intended for us to live. Now, here is Rev. Nicholas Barrett. Hello, welcome everybody. It's Nicholas. How are you this morning? It's exciting to be on the show. I've actually signed a new um, extension. We're actually going on at least till Christmas in the show, so you're going to have me at least until that time. It's always a blessing. I just want to start by thanking you for making this part of your day. I know you have a hundred things to do, and you've made this one of them, which is always great because without you listening, whether there's one person listening or a million people listening, it doesn't really matter because my job will be done regardless. Um, I'm focusing not on being results-driven, but being purpose-driven. And I'm asked all the time in this uh, particular series that we're starting, we can have some very well-known guests on the show with large platforms. It's a blessing, obviously, to you and a blessing to me that my voice can be heard in a wider audience. It's really about making an impact for the kingdom that I'm doing this. It will be much easier four years ago if I had backed away from my career you know, in psychology and, and counseling and all of those things and nutrition in order just to continue just making money. Because what I've done is I've put aside that. In other words, what's in it for me? That's no longer my focus. It's my focus is what can I do for the kingdom? Um, God's done some great things in and through me and rescued me at really dark times in my life. And with that testimony, I feel that the fire is there to do more than just gather for myself. And I'm asked a lot of times, people ask me, so when's it happening? When's the show going to become huge? And, and I can see that human propensity. They're so in their story. And the title for the show, actually, that we're going to talk about today is You Are Not Your Story. But this leads up to it. It's on my heart to discuss this with you because it wasn't really mapped out to be on the show. But I prayed for it this morning, and it's something I've got to discuss there's so much angst and anxiety when those questions are asked of me. I can tell their whole life is centered around getting their ducks in order. It's got to make common sense to them. Everything has to be the right time. They have to have the right pension fund or investment fund. God doesn't operate on timetables, doesn't operate on seasons. And very often, it's not that God doesn't have the blessing or the promised land for you. It's just that we give up in our propensity to focus and get frustrated with time. It's like if I'm baking a cake in the oven and it takes four hours, if I'm opening it up in an hour and then an hour and a half and then two hours and three hours, the frustration builds up. And very often we give up projects and we don't find the greater part of ourselves. We're on a pilgrimage to find the masterpiece that's, I believe, in, in you today. It's in all of us, but we have to go through a process of refinement. Gold is through heat, diamonds through attrition. And we have to go through that. And patience really is 
when they say patience is a virtue, it's apart from peace, which is a given gift to you, you can't buy peace from the Gucci store or the Chanel store. I believe patience is the next greatest gift because so often I see it at light signals, at airports, people are riveted. And if we're focusing on that time, it's going to tear us apart. Eventually, it will make us old and tired. So we've got to be focused on purpose driven. And I believe that if you follow your purpose, greater joy will come. And yes, results will come. Assets, finances, all of those things will come in due season. But we can't make that about it. This is it's really, I'm speaking to someone on this. It's a message I had to get out there. But I have a great show for you this morning. You know, we're going out live from Los Angeles, California. From I, I just want to thank the platform Voice America. They're wonderful people. We go out every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on this platform. And you can access this episode or any of the shows later on iTunes. I am aware they're long shows. Normally, if I speak in a live audience at a church, or wherever I'm speaking, it's usually about half an hour, but the podcasts are long, but it gives you access on iTunes to be able to listen to them in stages. Normally we take one break or two breaks or three breaks, but the content is flowing and it leads to somewhere. Every, every time really I'm trying to make your life greater, they're written from the heart. It takes sometimes 20 or 30 hours to prepare a show because I want careful information and I want to bring you something that's going to elevate you from your, from your day. So really, I'm believing whether you've been here a hundred times or just one time, I'm believing, believing this is not by coincidence that we've all been divinely aligned to be here today. You know, this will not automatically change your life because change is not an event. You, it's not a click of a switch like on a VCR or a cell phone. It's a gradual process. You know, change is only through a journey, a journey of changing. The same way we are the way we are now is because of all the days we've passed behind us, the same way we can transform because of all the days ahead of us. And I'm believing ahead of you is where the potential always is. But a lot of us are looking behind and we're writing the story ahead because of what's happened behind. You know, we get exposed to information. It can both challenge and inspire your mind to, to elevate. There's two ways of doing it. You can either audio it, you can hear it or see it. So we need to really think out of the box to empower ourselves to make a shift to a higher level. To go to another level always takes a shift. Um, the next level for you has always been there, but it's in our thinking, in our habitual thinking, that's prevented us from connecting to it. You know, I love you and want you to get the most out of your life, and I'm standing by you in faith. The information for the transformation of your life is waiting to be seized for those who who have eyes to either hear it or see it because that's the only way you can assimilate it and then it will enter your heart but i have a story that will slow our minds down we come in at you know 100 miles an hour the mind is moving around constantly it's an uplifting story it's a simple story it's about an old horse an old mule one day the mule accidentally fell into a farmer's well the farmer evaluated the situation and thought to himself, well, neither the well nor the mule was worth the efforts to save. He thought the mule was old, the well wasn't giving me enough money, so I'm not saving it. So he decided to, many of us in our human propensity, sometimes when we can rescue a marriage, sometimes when we can bring back a friendship, we sometimes do not bother because we dispel it as no longer being this and no longer being that. And that, again, is, is a strong message for somebody. Sometimes you've got to stick in there. So the farmer called all his neighbors and he started to hold dirt and shovel dirt into the well. 
because eventually the plan was to cover it up. Well, the old mule was terrified and hysterical in the beginning. But soon, he had a hopeful idea came to his mind. Every time when a shovel of dirt landed on his back, he would shake it off and step up on it. So he repeated these words to himself again and again and again, shake it off and step it up, shake it off and step it up. This way he could struggle and panic and encourage himself. After some time, the mule had stepped up over the well's wall. Although terribly tired, he was the winner. He saved his own life. He decided to face his adversity positively and not give up in it. And thus he basically overcame it. The only way you can face your adversity and overcome it is by facing it. And then you can go over it. What seemed to bury him actually saved him, owing, owing really down to his confidence and, and restless efforts, his perseverance. We always have to persevere over a hard time to get through it. Otherwise, we'll remain jammed up it. We can remain jammed up in betrayal, in bereavement mode if we've buried somebody, in a divorcee mode, in a drug addiction mode, because we're very simply stuck in that story. We, we've taken on that identity that our life is not worth it or we're going to die or there's no future for us. So basically, you need to shake it off and keep moving forward because, and I've learned this in my life, the only way out of a situation is through a situation. And I'm really standing firm in believing that the best is yet to come for your life. It really is the best. And this was the intro to the show. We've got a, got a show. I'm really going to have a, a lot of fun with this, meaning it's a serious topic. But the joy for me really is be, to be able to impact people. Come, people come back to me sometimes and, and from all different parts of the world and said what you said was a life changer or even people I encounter in the streets. And you never know the impact you're making on someone's life. So just do it regardless. That's what Jesus did. He said, I'm going to do this anyway. Who touched my cloak? Let me find the lady. And he was in a big crowd of people. And all of a sudden, this lady said, he said, your faith has healed you. That's just moving through your every day. I mean, the parable really means keep moving through your day, but have an eye outside of yourself so you can assist and help other people. The power of helping a person, you could be the one person to you in the world, but to that one person, you could be their whole anchor that gets them through the day, that stops them from ending their lives, that just takes them on a whole plane. So my advice to you is just do it. So we're going to get into the title for the show for this week, You Are Not Your Story. You know, people define themselves by their stories. Most of us, if we're really asked to sit down and give an account, we would first say when and where we were born. We would then mention our parents and our families. We would then talk about, you know, our schooling, our educational accomplishments, and after that, whether we're single, married, or divorced. We would then talk about, you know, our experiences, highlighting triumphs and challenges. If you were the person asking the question, you would notice not before too long that the person will be saying things that sound something like this. I am a salesperson. I am a divorcee. I'm getting old. I was abused. My father treated me badly. My life is hard. You know, I'm black. Um, I'm poor. I never get any breaks. My life just doesn't seem to work out. All of these are bringing up a reality that's sourced in the I. This is because all of us are molded by our own egoic story, making us a separate individual in the world, a separate individual in the universe. This is part of the reason we grow up needing to be filled with something, because we feel we need to strive to connect to something from the outside to then complete us on the inside. We always think the answer is in a job with more money or in a job with people listen to us more, somewhere we have more control. 
a marriage that our partner would be slimmer or taller or richer. We'd have more children or no children. We'd have a pet or no pet. This is a perpetual cycle that we always feel we need to connect to something extrinsically for our internal needs. But really, it's a spiritual hunger we have, and that cannot be done from the material world. Anything we see in the material is carnal. It's, it's the seen world. We're spirit beings having a human moment. So it's important to remember that, that most of our time will not be spent here in the shell, even if we live till 80 or 90 years old. And in, in the sense of eternity, in the eternal line, that's just a minute, just a second. So we're looking to, to get filled from the outside. It's in seeing our reality as an individual that we then need something to make ourselves feel whole. If I see myself separate from something, I need something to join to. And that's the psychology. If I see myself separate, I need something to join to. There goes our propensity, really, to quest for relationships, money, acclaim, approval. I mean, people sometimes can't be alone. They bounce from one relationship to another. It's all about this. I call this the dating cycle. I made you a show called The Dating Cycle. Money, well, you ask someone who's seeking money, they may have a lot. But every time you meet them, it's about how much more they're making, or they need to make more, or John has more than them. It becomes an addiction, a claim, and approval. A lot of things on Facebook and Twitter. You know, I, I use Twitter for my ministry because I'm trying to encourage people. I promote shows occasionally. I have a book, by the way, that came out yesterday. Very exciting. An affiliate of Random House, big publisher in New York. It's called Get Out of Mind Jail, recreate your new life because really you can't change your past but your thoughts can reshape your future so if you want to buy it for the price really of a starbucks sandwich and coffee you can go to amazon it can be bought on kindle to be downloaded on your computer it can be bought as a soft a soft cover book and as a hardcover book so Coming back to the acclaim thing, a lot of us are using Facebook and social media for acclaim. People put selfies, they put themselves even in in lewd bikini shots sometimes, but it's all about an external need to feel full, to feel valuable. And that's the key. We either feel we're never going to be enough or we won't have enough. They're the two worries that we have in life. We either feel we'll not be enough or that we'll run out, or that we'll not have enough. And, and I'll tell you now, <clears throat> I've been through all of this times, and I've bought a lot of things, more things probably than a lot of people have, but, and I changed 10 years ago. You can't buy it, you can't sex it, you can't drug it, you can't discotheque, dance it out. It, the best is only available in God because he created you in his spirit. And in his spirit, you're a spirit being, so you have to fill yourself with that and it's and that's really our battle we're always connected to extrinsic stuff we have to rework and as we know a lot of people go through a red light but it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do so the way we're thinking yes most of us think that way because we've been molded and paradigmed by society we've been influenced by the culture 
not by the spirit. So really where your focus, what lens are you looking through? Are you looking through a lens of the world or are you looking through through God's lens? And a lot of people have this fear in them. Well, if I turn over to God, I'm not going to be able to do all the things I'm doing now. But is the sex making you happy? Are the drugs making you happy? Is the shopping making you happy? Is Facebook making you happy? Is the need for having more and getting more and never being enough? Is that really making you happy? The answer, I think, everybody listening is no, because if it was, we wouldn't be in the mess we were in. We have so much helplessness. We have teenage suicide. We have anger. We have road rage, perpetuating tremendous things. We have children who are abused and beaten. All of these things are going to an alarming high because very simply, the more I look for something and don't get it, I get frustrated. And when I get frustrated, I get angry. Jane gets angry. John gets angry. We've become an angry world because we're chasing the wrong thing, completely the wrong thing. And I'm totally leaving the story partly because I've, God's really moving me and using me in this. And this is about not building brand, but about building people. And that's what I pray into my shows. I want to build you, not build, build a, a branding. If I was building a branding, I wouldn't be telling you some of the things I'm telling you because I'm rocking the boat. I will be telling you some great things like, oh, you're doing well. You're doing wonderful. You can walk on fire. You can build yourself. You can sting like a butterfly, float like a bee. You'd get pumped up for 10 minutes and then go back to the misery. So that's not what we do. <clears throat> Mark 10, 22, and it follows up on what I said about buying stuff and, and where your value is. Where's your heart? Is it in the spirit in God or is it in possessions? Mark 10, 22. But at these words, he was saddened and he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. And the meaning of this verse is after Jesus had asked a wealthy man to choose to do his kingdom work, that he was still motivated by worldly things. It was that tug of war. It was a choice between choosing God's work over money, and he basically had a love for money. So it's very simple. It's what I said earlier on in the introduction. There's going to be that battle of timetables, of I'm doing something, and what am I getting? There's an exchange system, and we're programmed for that. And very often, we'll stay in a job for many, many years because we're playing it safe because we're getting a pay packet, but we're thinking, well, I don't quite trust God, so I'm not going to step out of somewhere where I'm not sure of my income, I'm not sure of my pension, but you know, all this friend can go because you know, we could have an earthquake in the world. I hope, heaven forbid, it doesn't happen. There could be a fire that destroys a house. There could be a stock market crash like there has been over the years. If you look at back through the millennia, every set of 60, 70, 80 years, there's been a huge crash and things have been devalued by 50%. And nothing is guaranteed but the end of your journey is guaranteed. So you're building treasures in heaven, which are eternal. They're going to last yesterday, today, and forevermore. Nothing changes, but all these other things changing uh, changes. I put money in, in stock market. The bank said, oh, this will be a great idea. Lost about $680,000 about a year and a half ago, I believe. So these things change. I also bought some property, rented it out, had tenants for six months that didn't pay me, um, left. So all of these things you cannot rely on, and it creates that almost neurosis that we're trying to we're really trying to despiritualize God's spiritual path for us, and that's what we call spiritual immaturity. 
And we really want to reach spirit, spiritual maturity is I'm high impact, low maintenance. In other words, I don't need to be reassured all the time. I don't need to rest on crutches and I'm determined and I'm going to go forward. Even though I can't see it, I'm going to do it. And I'm trying to really encourage you. For four years, I haven't taken a pay packet because I've been writing books uh, focused on getting the psychology doctorate, been doing all these things so I can become a better speaker, actually better for God so I can be better for you. So I'm really pushing that out there. If you're sitting on the fence about something, just really let those carnal worries go. Know that's the enemy trying to pr- get you away from your best plan. So God didn't create you to lack anything because he created you in his image and likeness. He has no lacks. So if you're in his likeness and image, your lack is all well, it's something that you've conditioned your mind to believe. You're a human being, not a human individual. So it's in our story that all our problems are sourced and then perpetuated. So the conditioned mind is the root of all my problems and your problems. Our mind takes us on a journey of, the, of our story and we become an individual with a story, not a life, but a story of a life. Our life is not a life, it's m- me and my story, me and my life. This takes us into a false reality of the I, as you are not a story, but the real you is that you're an integral part of creation. You are creation. You are in the universe. This means you're part of all creation together as one single entity made of a a myriad of pieces, so many pieces. And just to parable this out, just like a plane is made up of many pieces, they become as one working together in unison. So you are in unity, which means that you function best when you're in community and unity. But instead, if you've recreated yourself as disunity in the form of an individual. So if an airplane you know, did this, basically it would no longer be able to fly in the skies. It's only dependent upon flying because all those things are working together. So as a community, we're only really dependent to function if we're all working together, right, with other things, with no judgmentalism, with no racism, because all those things are coming from the separate condition mind. And I am very, very, Black Lives Matter, all of these things. And I'm working with somebody in New York who's very influential. I have several, a message, as you know, I did, um, digressing a bit, I did, um, love thy neighbor. We need to love ourselves first, but in order to love ourselves, we need to love God first, to love ourselves in a healthy way. We need to realize the psychology, why we're behaving the way we are, and then we're not judging things around us. We're not judging our story. We're not in the story. Our identity is in God, not in the story. And it's really because many of us are in this story of anger that we're into antisocial behavior. I'm not going to go anywhere with this because it's going to take us totally off really where I want to land the plane on this. But maybe that's why we're not functional, because like the plane, we're working in this unity society. So we're a dysfunctional people in a dysfunctional society. And it's not the world. The world's functional as we serve a functional God. His systems are so amazing. Today, it's fall is coming here or autumn, wherever you are in the world. That the, You can see birds are changing. Birds are beginning to change their behavior. They're beginning to fly in flocks. They're beginning to move. Some will be flying to places to hibernate. Some will be going to different locations. Leaves will be changing color. The time zones gradually are changing. You can see the mornings are darker. The evenings are getting darker. They're closing. And all of this is perfect timing so you think your problem and my little problem really it's like not even a fleck of dust on god's coat so we really need to 
uplift ourselves out of this story. It's keeping us jammed in. It's keeping us basically isolated individuals in a community. He actually, his plan was for us to be in community. So all races and colors is a beautiful tapestry. And the diversity really is the source of all excellence. It's the essence of excellence, diversity. And and as I was saying, nothing is 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 going to fill you other than 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 being filled with the spirit because you're a spirit being. So God's functional. God works. We don't. His plan is perfect yesterday, today, and for the end of your life and forevermore. So. We're about to take a break, and I will see you in the next segment. We're going to talk more about how your story sustains itself, how it develops first, and how it sustains itself, because it needs your participation very simply. Whatever we're doing today, we've got to remember this, and I need to, this is on my heart too. If you're in a marriage that's aggressive or stormy, or if you've got problems with relatives or anger problems or depression, or you want to vengeful, you want to get somebody back, all of these things are there, remember, by your participation. You are participating. So we need to look at not the log in someone else's eye when we have a boulder in ours. And that message for somebody, look at yourself in the mirror, work on yourself, and then all those other things will change. Because when I work on myself internally, externally my life gets better and i know this from experience i've been through hills and valleys and all of these things and tussled and i had more then than i've ever had i had all my parents were intact i had my family now i i have all of those were taken away from me tragically over a period of time uh, i had more money all of mine seems to have been taken away too over a period of time but it's to get to a point that you really are connected to your spirit being and you can impart you can be an effective person in the world because it's about assisting and helping other people if you make your life about others believe me you'll never be depressed but when it's about you we become yes in society self-addicted we are there we really are there. All of this I'm telling you is as I've been moved by the spirit to speak to you this way, but it's to do with really the story. It's all to do with you are not your story and how we've been conditioned. So we're going to talk about that in the second segment, but have a great break, have a cup of coffee, and I look forward to talking to you real soon. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Make Life Work with Kathy Ellis is a mix of insights into human behavior about how we shape the culture and the culture that traps us and ideas on how to get out of our own way. Kathy has plenty to talk about from becoming true individuals to growing as a society. And she has some ideas for making business work, how family work, relationships work, and even how to get the kids to literally do more work. How to make life work. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Women in sport has come a long way in a reasonably short time. 
In the 1950s, most women's sport was casual, recreational competition, followed by snacks or a light lunch. Today, women's sport is competitive, powerful, and in the mainstream. Whether it's collegiate, Olympics, or professional leagues, tune in to Women and Sport The Long Road Up, where you'll discover the path that women's sport has taken over the past 50 years and more. Featuring your host, Carol A. Oglesby. Listen Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to New Dimensions. To reach Reverend Nicholas or his guests today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to nbarrett28 at yahoo.com. Now, back to New Dimensions. Hello, good morning again. I hope you had a good break. It was a short break. I have digressed a little bit in this show because there's a lot on my heart a lot I've really the last couple of weeks I've really been praying hard on it just to give a show that's effective but it's all flowing because part of the story really to put this very simply is when you're in your story you're in your conditioned mind you're not in being we're talking all about the conditioned mind and all of the things we have transpire from that and I'm very active as you know in the racism issue I've done shows on it and I'm going to get together with a very well-known platform on this. It's something, and I know it, it's, it, it, we can't blame it on police and we can't blame it on schooling because it's not. It's a societal thing. It's a conditioning thing. Nobody really is at fault, but what's happened is they've been molded subconsciously. So they're unaware self, which is most of us, we have a low sense of awareness. We just get caught up in our story. So, and I wrote this actually, Last night on Twitter, racism is anathetical to our natural state. It's fear-based and psychosomatic. It's a psychosomatic need to prove superiority to either not lose something or not have enough for yourself. And I will not mention any more on it. I'm doing going to do a show on it. But we're talking really about the conditioned mind. And it's the root of all our problems. And if we could really realize we are not, we are part of the world, of the universe, integral. We're not this story. We can get a much better life. Because when I manage to break the pattern, and I'll be explaining this a little later if we have time on this show, I've run along with a segment. And I may not have the time to give you, and I may have to do another show with part of this in it. But I'm not prepared to rush it because this is an important, they're all important shows because it's, it's, we're talking about lives, lives that can be improved, lives that can be encouraged and really get the most out. And we all need this. I need this. You need this. All of us need it. I listen, I may have the knowledge, but the more knowledge I have with the human mind or in being able to encourage people, the less I know I know. So it's very often the more you know, the less you know you don't know. I mean, there's so many things it's a speck. We could be studying and get 10 doctorates and only know a speck of something. Um, it's, but we all need this. We all need to get out of our mind. And all of these things we're having at the moment, it's because of the conditioned mind. And to get back to that, took a bit of a digression, but it's important I do it. When God moves me to transgress, I'm believing people need to hear it. But if not needing to hear it today, it could be somebody that 
puts on iTunes. And I don't really look. I don't really promote the show much because I believe if it's a if it's meant to be for me, the show will be supported. You know, I've done all the financing the last few years to get to where I am. It doesn't matter. Not going to say how much I've invested because I'm believing that my purpose is for more than what I was doing, for more than getting people to eat right or to look right or to it's to get them to have a much better life. And I I need to be a voice for this it's um friends of mine in england have told me said the world's falling apart nick they need people like you and it's hard to do it because you have to resist all that's around you but a friend of mine asked me yesterday how do you feel nick i said i'm not letting what's outside interfere with what's in because god puts what's in and that really is um is an insult to him if we we focus on what's outside to take away what is put inside. And I've got to really stay on it. Focus has to be on it. So talking about the mind, what really transpires is that we carry the entire contents of our story, the entire contents of since we were born, our families, our interactions, whether we had parents that abused us, parents with addictions. All of these things are very real because I talk to people so often. I spoke to an 80-year-old man he said to me, I hated my dad. I hated my dad. His father's died 40 years ago, but he's living with this conditioned mind that he's his story. We identify to these things. And if we don't have a higher awareness, we believe they're true. So it becomes our cognitive suitcase. And I always think of a in my mind, you know, you're going to the airport and you have your bags. It seems like everything you own is in the suitcase. And I always say, I have a, a nice home in Los Angeles, but all I really have is this suitcase, and it really brings you down to reality that you're attaching to things and stressing over things, the color of your fence or remodeling a bathroom or are the delivery people going to bring this couch at the, at the right time? And you're standing at the airport and you're being looked at by security guards that have total control over you because customs officials, whether you're a LeBron James or the man in the street, they can handcuff you and they can take your life away for that period of time. <laughs> they say, what do you what do you do for a living? I told them well, I'm a pastor. I'm a psychologist. I, I try and help people. <laughs> Maybe I can help you because they look angry sometimes. And, but you're really standing with your body, which is the shell that contains you, your spirit, and the suitcase, which is your entire life. But coming back to this, and I'm parabling it so you can really get the point. We carry our lives in a cognitive version of a suitcase. Me and my life becomes the slogan that we're living by. So most of us are so conformed by society that we identify ourselves with our circumstances that are mostly negative. It's like, who are you? This is me. You know, you're pointing, maybe you're not doing it consciously, but subconsciously you're really pointing to the suitcase. This is me. And most of these circumstances are, are negative. Then your life gets identified as the problem, so your life becomes a burden that you carry around. Why do you think so many people walk around looking like an apocalypse is about to take place? I say good morning to people, and they look at me as though I've insulted their mother sometimes. It's because the me and my life ethos has become our burden. That's the modern-day burden, me and my life ethos. With this type of thinking, you know, we're no longer in the design of process, but just in a line of digression in our resistance to attrition. This is where the concept of me and my struggle is birth. It's because our focus is mainly on our negative experiences. Remember, 90% of your thoughts are repeated and 85% of those things are negative with them. So we then put our identity in our problems. So our life is then thought of as a big problem. You know, if you sit down with a person who has low awareness, and I'm not bringing any, which is most of us, 
which is me actually, but I maintain it. So I keep my awareness higher and I maintain it really by not going into negative things. My focus is not on the racism. It's not on the media. It's not on things that are happening. My focus is on the potential that God gives me to make change. We must always focus whatever we're going through in life. If we put our focus on the problem, we will become the problem. Our identity isn't that problem. When my daughter's still home or my daughter's unmarried and she's had a ton of children, your problem will become that. You need to put it on the the source, which is God, and overcome that problem with something greater than yourself. So if we're in the suitcase, we become small. You're not being, coming back to what I was saying, if you sit with a person before not too long, you're in a conversation and you hear all about their problems and complaints, or me and my life. You know, this this thing's happening, that thing's happening. This is why so many of us walk around with a burden, because our thoughts are constantly working to feed and maintain it as a burden. So instead of a celebration of life, it's become the burden of life. And we're really, we're sustaining it the whole time by not being aware that we've created it. Whatever you do, you're participating in. And that's really, I want you to remember that. You should probably write that down. Write that down and put it in your bathroom cabinet. Whatever um, is in my life, I'm participating. You have the power to not participate. You know how you disempower it? By no longer taking part in it. Very simple. If you're watching a movie and you no longer want to be part of it, you turn a switch. It's more complicated with us because we've got to continue to do it. But repetition gets us. If you do it for 30 days, it becomes a habit. But with these deep things, it becomes a little longer. It's not quite as easy as that. You need to continue to hone it. Just like when you want to, when you're making a piece of furniture to get it shaped the way you want it, you may have to keep going back session, 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 one session after the other to get it right. Then you may see another corner is not quite the way you want it. So it's consistent. That's why God says, dwell in the word richly. For those whose focus, Jeremiah, for those whose focus is on me, should be like a tree planted by the stream. Whatever comes in our life, whether it's a drought, there'll be um, plentiful. Whether it's a harvest, there'll be plentiful. What that really means is where your focus is, is, the, is, is your life. And I mean, Matthew eleven twenty eight, I believe it is, tells us, you know, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So <clears throat> very simply, God knew this all along. The big problem would be when we <clears throat> weary and burden. I don't know. He probably even knew about the cognitive suitcase because, but he knew about that. So all of these things are helpful when you can read these things. And the only way you'll change your life really is by reading or hearing. And that's how you've become. You've read and heard so many negative things, maybe negative things from your parents, or you've heard your inner voice, which is your story, the committee. I call this the committee. The greatest enemy really you have is the committee. You can view it like the old communist Politburo, the 12 guys sitting in there trying to crush, coerce, and control. And that's what the committee's trying to do to you. Your negative mind is trying to crush, coerce, and control your future, trying to deaden your future. But you really should get that book. I mean, it's the cost of a muffin. Uh, it, it's, it's really, it's, it's going to be great. And um, I'm not bragging about it. It took me, you know, burying my mother and I still, she part died in my hands tragically and I still have the strength to continue doing it. And I'm not even emotional about it and tell you why I'm not emotional because God's given me the ability to go through it. 
Yes, would I like to have a back? Of course I would. But it's about making the most with your tools. And he gives you the talents and it's about honing them in. I could have buried my life under a carpet and given God back one talent. But if he gave me five, I gave him 10. And if he gave me two, I gave him four. So we can't change our past, but we can change our future. That's for all of you listening to this show. You can't, I can't change that your husband walked out or you're single, but you can change your future. So getting back to this thing, we've talked about how Matthew tells us, hand your burden to me. God knew it. So even when you approach a person and you tell them something, and I've noticed this many times, they immediately start the activity of their mind with this thought process. Something like this, you're in a voice. Oh, I wonder what's wrong. I wonder why they're coming to me. What does this person possibly want from me? This is because the mind is so active in its story that it's always moving to the next thought, the next thought, the next thought, the next thought. We feel that something is wrong and that something needs fixing. So this is our lower awareness, our lower cognitive state. It can be sustained for our entire lives as a story. It's constantly being fed and nourished its presence because we have a deep need in our ego to be right. So we're nourishing it. We, we always want to be right. And we're constantly trying to keep that story going. So we're, we're feeding it. We're feeling it the story that we're no good or that the jobs burnt me out or I never get things done or nobody listens to me. All of these things is the egoic story. It's the state of really wanting to be right, of wanting to have enough or being enough or not running out. So it becomes a desperate quest to fill this story that keeps us trapped in it. So unless you become more aware, your mind will just keep bouncing from one thought to another thought, much like a train going from station to station. It just keeps going. Or the hamster around the wheel, we've talked about it. Bum, 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 bum. I'm spinning around in this thing. Boom, 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 you know. So it keeps spinning with no break. It keeps spinning with no break. And I'll explain to you how, if I have time in this podcast, how we're going to do it. Whatever we don't fit in, we'll, we'll do in another podcast. And I'll have to probably do, do it at the beginning next week and then do what I'm focused on. Uh, next week really is about, I think it, the, I'm working on something like, why do we not move forward? I mean, why are we stuck? Um, why do we hold back? That's really going to be the title next week. But your story is limiting. It works within the parameters, and we're talking about the cognitive story. It works within the parameters of its own reality. This can encompass all you can do or you can't do, what is good or bad, the limitations you put on others, and most detrimentally, even the limitation you put on God. Many of us have our interpretation of what he is, and you know his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher. So he warns us, my ways are higher, my thoughts are higher, you can't even fathom, fathom God. So he doesn't want us to think it, because the moment we think it, he knows that we'll get back in the cognitive suitcase. So your mind is much like a computer program and it can only operate from the um, computer program software that's been put in it. The mind also acts out of its own programming, just like your computer. So once in place, your story, like the computer program, is self-sustaining. It gathers evidence to continue to prove itself right. Things are only the way they are, as I say, because you've put them in. If you were not feeding the process, it would no longer be able to remain. So that's the simple way of ending it. You've got to break it. It remains because of what you put in. So like a computer, it gives you information from a format that you've installed. But the great thing is, much like a computer, we don't have to say, well, this is my life. That's completely wrong. That's the committee telling. It kind of subverts you again. The great thing is, like a computer, you can actually put new software. 
Your thoughts are only the way they are because they've been continuously done. Your reality is a result of a long process of standing in agreement to your thoughts. It's come by an activity. And the ones that you have been molded to are by your societal conditioning. So in your thought process, if you think something enough times, it becomes your truth. And in society, if enough people believe or do something, we then think it's right. And in that, that becomes our reality and the way we basically live our lives by. I'm giving you an example on this. You know, boy grew up with a limp in his stride alongside his brother, who was tall, handsome, and athletic. He grew up thinking he wouldn't amount to anything because he listened to his story and not the one God had planned for him. There's a mandate on all your lives if you're breathing, believe me. He had so many opportunities that his mind, he let go just because of his mind and just because he thought that he was his story. He identified in it. Friend, whatever life has sold you is a lie. Your life becomes what you think it is. So really, you need to break out of the story to find your true purpose and identity. And as I say, God knew all along. This is why I love the word so great, because he knew your thoughts all along. Ephesians 4.23, to be made new in the attitude of your mind. Romans 12.2, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve God's pleasing will. So once I got a grasp of all this, I could that I couldn't change my past. I was trying to struggle to change it, but that my thoughts were the keys to the door of my future. I began to walk in a straight line instead of a faster and faster circle like many of us do. Many of us do more simply because we think we can get changed by doing more. But in reality, unless you change your thoughts first, you're just doing more of the same thing without making a mind shift. So you may be asking me, look, we've done a lot of talking Reverend, we've done a lot of talking. How can we do it? How can I get out of my cognitive suitcase? Thing to remember is our everyday thoughts can be so loud and real and alive to us that they drown out all other things. So in order to find the order and balance that eludes so many, you need to get out of your thoughts and stop spinning around just to find stillness. You need to live more in the moment and not be pulled around on the leash of the burden of your thoughts. Just like a plane lifts, gives you a baggage allowance and they give you a baggage allowance so it's not weighed down. If everybody came with too heavy a bags, the plane would go nowhere. So very simply, you need to lighten your bag, lighten your cognitive load so you're not carrying it around so you can start to live a less burdened life. Think about it. How would your life look today from this very moment if you didn't live by your story, if your mind didn't have a past? What if you could be your life and not your story? So let's critically challenge our minds. Here is what it'll take. You have to start looking to identify how much of your time is spent in your story and how in particular, how much time is spent in actually focused on complaint. I mean, that's the key area. How much of it is focused in the woes me going back into those negative thought spirals that have habitually entered and contaminated your mind. So You'll need to see how your internal conversation complains about your life and then justifies itself for complaining because there's always going to be justification. Remember, it's always somebody else's fault. You're always trapped. It's always them, them, them. We're always talking about the sisters or the people at work. They're the ones. No, it's not. It's us because we, we've created it. Remember, the mining is, do, is doing all it can to trick you and elude you. The mind is desperate like a drug addict to 
maintain itself. It doesn't care. It'll steal money from the mother's purse just to go and get a fix. That's what the mind's doing. It'll rob you of today just to be fixed. The mind doesn't care if you lose the rest of your life in depression. All it cares about is feeding itself. So patterns and habits simply don't want to change unless something is done to break them. So here are how some examples of conversations that you may be listening to and you may believe them to be you. This is how they may sound. I had a bad start in life. My mother was abusive. I'm ugly. I'm not pleased with how I look. I am depressed because I'm single. I never have enough money. I'm upset because my boyfriend was unfaithful. I'm lonely. My daughter's still living at home. Nothing ever works out for me. I'm overworked and overwhelmed by my work. I never get them to see and perform the way I want them to do at work. I never seem to get things to go the way I want them to be. Oh, there's always some other problem coming up. You know, I could go on from now until the next episode, but really we don't have the time. And I'm certain by now that you can identify yourself in one or several of these examples. Could be a spouse. My husband does this. My wife does this. My child does it. On and on and on and on. It's fueling the mind, the suitcase. So this type of thought process is is going to keep you living the life in your story and not the one God specifically designed for. He wasn't messing around. So we're going to move on to awareness, raising awareness and connectedness to God. It's only when you slow your mind down that you can get the optimum access point to being and therefore the optimum access point to God. You need to slow the mind down. When you're connected to your present, you have full creativity, alertness, awareness, and joy. This is because you can then see things more clearly as you're not merely spinning around in your mind which can only be reactive and not fully present. The mind is only reacting when it's moving fast. It's not in your state of presence. Your mind cannot be reactive and present at the same time. So the reactive mind is driven by our emotions, whereby the stillness you are in your higher self and being, it's not reactive but proactive in its natural state of wellness and being. Most people live their entire lives in a low state of awareness, never critically challenging their thoughts, and yet expect change just going around in the circle. So remember, your environment is a reflection of you as it can only be the way you see yourself, therefore, in the way you see it. So there needs to be a shift from the inside of you to change the outside of you. As when you change the way you see yourself, the way you see God, the things you see around you will also shift. So finding your source, you know, really it's in How do I get into being? It's in connecting to God that your true being can be met. He created you. You cannot look at God as a word as the moment you start to think of a word, it triggers and your mind engages in a dialogue, which brings in it preconceived perceptions. You know, the word God can mean a great deal or very little to someone, depending on how it's used. You know, it's been misused so many ways over so many years in our human language. The conditioned mind and its constant pull to label things as being this way or that way becomes really your greatest barrier to connecting to your source. In your mind, God can point to transcendent or reality or an image that you've chosen to interpret. The word God is just a word unless you've come to know it and what it points to. So the word is a reference or keep God as something you need to attach to as opposed to connect to in your presence. For example, take wine as a word. We mind box and label what it might be like before we've even tasted it. So this brings the context that is the context rather that's birthed from our separation in our separate state. So when we associate logical meaning In our humanity, we cut ourselves off from experiencing the fullness of reality from what it actually is. You cannot study presence or understand it or comprehend it. As I say, his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher. As 
any association with your mind will create separation to God. So to get closer requires a state of awareness that God is in you, has been in you since the beginning of time, and is not something you need to connect to from the outside. Remember, all our problems are trying to find something from the outside when spiritual is on the inside. So it's been through externally referenced that's caused really all of your challenges to finding your true purpose and meaning in life. So it's always about looking in. We have this modern disease of looking out. And when you, you, know, when you really think about it, if that's, that's one of the biggest reasons why, why we can be angry, tired, or just plain cynical, because the outside's simply not happening the way we want it to. Because inside, is, is we have not worked on the internal mechanism. So if you can bring awareness to your internal dialogue that you listen to on a daily basis, you'll start to recognize certain thought patterns, patterns and how they affect your day-to-day behavior and decisions. Then you you can start to increase your awareness because you'll be aware of what's going in your mind and you better break that mind down. You'll then notice you're more non-judgmental and you see things more clearly without going into your story. You see them more the way they are, not being this tired spinning ball of a story. So it's a greater dimension of awareness and you'll not be drawn to make what you discover right or wrong. You'll sense and recognize your thoughts, but you'll not let your mind believe or engage in them so you'll not be controlled by your mind you'll be controlled more by the spirit of god so this realization becomes the freedom of not needing to attach to things that are temporal for your eternal value if we don't come to this realization we'll never have the revelation that we were created for far more we will just be living in search of meaning you know a better job a better car to be slimmer more this and more that but you were created for way more than that the fleetingness of their satisfaction is merely a veal to the real life you could be leading the real meaning and purpose to your life is to sow seeds that will build the next generation you're unique and and a world changer so we're going to talk about how we're going to slow the mind down. So connecting to nature, the way that your mind works today is through conditioning. So in order to renew the mind, it needs to be reconditioned. You weren't born the way you were or the way you, the way you are or the way you think today. It's a process. It was created through process. So it's the same way that it can be renewed by process. Nothing is automatic. It takes time. So the best way I find to connect your deeper self is through something in creation bigger than you. You can go out and look at the spaciousness of a blue sky, look at the beautiful birds, the formation of the wings, the shine on the feathers. And I noticed people at the coffee shop this morning, how they were, how are you doing? Well, can't complain. We're so stuck in that suitcase. So what I do is I take a drive by the ocean if, or a drive in the mountains or I go by the ocean. Wherever you are, it can be a park. You could be in an area that's very beautiful or in an area that it's not that's um, really city or urban. I don't know your circumstances, but go and begin to take deep breaths and slow. Notice creation. Notice the movement of the, of the clouds, you know, and when you get a negative thought or you start to go into, the, into your thought, your mind, remember, is always trying to sustain itself. Break the thought pattern. Continue to breathe and exhale slowly and then see all of the spaciousness around you. This will become a habit that you can actually trend, take into your everyday life. It's not a, a magical thing, but the more you can see, just the beauty, I see the beauty of the birds, the sky, the waves, the mountains, and how huge they are and how small I am. It gives you the ability that if God put the same power in me that lives inside of him, there's got to be something pretty special in me. And there is, I'm talking to you too. So we need to 
take our mind and slow it down. And I ran out of a bit of time on this segment, but it's about really getting into a state of being is associating to creation bigger than you. Mountains, birds, wildlife, sea, ocean, sand, all of these things are mind-boggling with the 400,000 flowers and the 10,000 birds. I mean, all of this thing will begin to take you out of your story. So when you get, the story is always going to try and get there. It's going to be coming in a thought, oh, what's wrong? I must tell you about this or what's this person doing or oh, this job or this. You need to break it. You need to, in order to break a habit, very simply, you need to break it. So you need to break your chain of thought. So some takeouts on this would be, you know, letting go of your story will take courage. It's a lot of courage because remember, the, the story is familiar. It's like an old pair of socks. It's been with you forever. The story is known to you. What takes courage is going into the unknown. But the best of your life for your life is not available by sight, but by faith. You know, when you're fully present going about your life, the story about what or what you can't do is no longer something that's running your life. It's no longer something that's running your script. The script is yet unseen. So you're limitless. You have potential joy and creativity. You get back what God gave you and what life took away from you. So it's about your own, your personal history ceases to dominate your life's choices. You no longer become the abusive marriage or the childhood. You become this person with potential. And really the essence is breaking that mind. I'm going to talk a bit more about this next time about how we connect to nature, but it's if you can really start to breathe and look at birds and look at things created around you. Every time you get a negative thought, just don't go with it. Notice it. You need to be a spectator to your story, not a participator. And I think I put that succinctly. You need to be a spectator to your mind and thought, not a participant. Right now, you're a participant. And it's really, you can be either right about your story or you can have a life. That really is the choice. You can either be right about your story or you can have a life. Look, it's been great talking to you. I hope now that you can start, just take some deep breaths every time you go into that story, break it by looking at a bird or looking at the sky. That will become your way of connecting to all of creation. Remember, the bird in the sky and the water, every stone creates a ripple, every bird creates a vapor, and every breath of yours connects to everything else from now until the endless line of eternity. You are a masterpiece. It's been great talking to you. I love you much. Please listen to that show again, to segments that have touched your heart, buy the book, and we'll come back next week and we'll explore and go up K2. We're getting bit by bit, we're climbing that mountain. We're all champions and we're all going to go to the peak. God bless you. I love you. God loves you more. Speak to you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of New Dimensions. Please join Reverend Nicholas Barrett again next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a blessed week.